Hey, this is Jonathan, and this is an article, or a podcast version of an article that I wrote for Powder City. Tis the season to feel a little under the weather. Every year, as the seasons pass and the leaves change colors, most people anticipate getting sick, but getting through it. Anyways, so, I'm sure you've been there, you know? You're uh, sniffling and dabbing uh, your runny nose frequently. People get sick and their stomachs will grumble with nausea. Their sinuses will get backed up with mucus. They'll toss and turn in bed for hours before finally sleeping badly for just a few hours. They'll be tormented by migraines. They'll cancel their weekend social plans so that they can sleep extra. If they get sick, they'll double or triple dose on the Dayquil, the NyQuil, or the Paracetamol. They'll maybe even spend some long hours kneeling before the porcelain throne, puking their guts out. We've all been there. It's not fun, is it? I'll suggest that you can totally avoid all this suffering this winter if you spend a bit of attention and money fortifying your immune system. As they say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. In this podcast, I'm going to give you some really effective biohacks for staying healthy during this winter. If you hate getting sick during the winter and losing productive days, you're definitely going to want to implement these biohacks. First of all, The most effective, most economical supplements are toward the top of this list. I really hate getting sick during winter and losing days feeling miserable. So I use almost all of these to stay healthy. If you have a limited budget and time, then you'll want to get the ones towards the top of this list. And if you are serious about staying healthy during the wintertime, it is a really good idea for you to check out the article version of this, which I'm going to have linked below. Because sometimes, you know, new information will come out that I become aware of. Sometimes the sources that I recommend will change because sometimes there'll be a particular source that has really, really high quality of a given supplement that works but then they'll run out of it or you know they'll go out of business things happen and so i'll update all the sources there on that article so do check that out first of all i want to talk about siberian ginseng also known as eleuthero and i think siberian ginseng is a much cooler name than its technical name eleutherococcus centicosis and this one is probably my favorite immune biohack because of its effectiveness, safety, and low cost, along with its pleasant taste and aesthetics. So here's the story on this one. It's kind of interesting. The Soviets in Russia utterly failed to build a socialist utopia, but luckily for you, they did manage to do some really good herbal science and identify this immune-promoting supplement, which was really badly needed in a country where the weather sometimes gets as cold 
as on the surface of the moon. And it worked so well, Siberian ginseng, that they gave it to everyone from their Olympic athletes and soldiers fighting in the forlorn, jagged mountains of Afghanistan to cosmonauts going to the space station to the supersonic aviators that would uh, presumably be you know, chasing uh, American spy planes at supersonic speed. So this was a, a, an herb that really did enable high performance as it was needed. But the research on Siberian ginseng is not limited to the Russosphere. You can find over 20 clinical trials done on it all around the world on PubMed. And if you're really a dork and you really like to, if you're one of those people that you're kind of like skeptical of guys like me, that you're skeptical of people that are doing some type of marketing informational thing that are uh, pitching something, then you're going to want to check out PubMed because they have all of that really solid, concrete data and evidence of its of its useful effect. Let's talk about the usage and dosage of Siberian ginseng. So this one I take almost daily. Personally, I really enjoy taking it as a nice tea. I'll just dump a few hundred milligrams of Eleuthero powder into steeped hot water, and you can vary the dosage. If you feel like you're gonna get sick and you feel like your, your immune system really needs a pump, you can take up to 900 milligrams daily, but the immune maintenance dosage is going to be anywhere from about 250 to 500 milligrams daily. That's what I typically take. Next immune supplement worth your attention is ashwagandha. So staying healthy or getting sick during the winter time has a lot to do with your levels of stress and testosterone. Your testosterone will naturally lower during the cold months that you are spending more time inside and getting less natural sunlight. As your testosterone lowers, you're much more likely to get sick. And chronic stress is testosterone's biological nemesis. Probably the most effective way of optimizing your testosterone is to be really vigilant about your stress management. And that was something that I heard from a, uh, a very large man who was, who was interviewed on the Tim Ferriss podcast. Uh, what was his name? Pag Paglioni. And he was uh, one, of the, one of the top experts in the world at hormone uh, hormone hacking. And of course, testosterone is this uh, holy grail of a hormone for so many uh, people interest so for, for so many elite performers in a variety of domains. And you can hear people, you can hear these testosterone geeks theorize on myriad different strategies for optimizing testosterone. But at least according to this expert, and there's a lot of pretty good science behind it, again, best way for optimizing testosterone is, is managing your stress effectively. Ashwagandha is an adaptogen that powerfully modulates your autonomic nervous system to better manage stress. And ashwagandha in particular is frequently praised by biohackers for something that imbues a productive state of 
relaxed arousal and a modicum of tranquility. Talking about usage and dosage. The research indicates that it is a medium-term biohack for stress and testosterone, taking between eight weeks to three months for the benefits of supplementation to really take effect. So you want to make a little bit more of a long-term commitment to it. Although a lot of biohackers do report a nearly instantaneous effect on their mindset and subjective stress level. The recommended daily dose is 300 to 1500 milligrams daily. And again, this one's a little this one's one of those places where the the scientific research uh, it seems to deviate a bit from what is the common subjective experience reported about it because a lot of people will say that they take it and then an hour later or 45 minutes later they're like wow I just feel a lot better and that is the absence of uh, chronic low-level stress that many of us live with that and it does seem to work real consistently for people for me, I have a lower tolerance to things, so uh, 300 milligrams, 500 milligrams makes me feel really relaxed and stress-free, whereas some people, they'll need to take a bit more. And again, this one, it's just a natural herb that comes out of the ground, so it's okay to experiment with the dosage, move the dosage around a little bit, and find out what really works for you. Next up is zinc from A2 zinc, right? I bet you remember that. So this is an essential nutrient for healthy immune function. A publicly published 2008 American paper exhaustively documents its essential role. And I'm gonna quote from it. Should I do the quote in my funny voice? Okay, I'll do it in my funny voice. The zinc deficient patients had severe immune dysfunction inasmuch as they died of intercurrent infections by the time they were 25 years of age. In our studies in an experimental human model of zinc deficiency, we documented decreased serum testosterone level oligospermia, severe immune dysfunctions, mainly affecting type T helper cells. Zinc affects multiple aspects of the immune system. Zinc is, an, uh, is crucial for normal developments and function of cells mediating innate immunity, neutrophilus, and NK cells. About usage and dosage. What you want to do is take about 25 milligrams of zinc with a meal every day. And if you feel a cold coming on, zinc lozenges are a pretty good idea. And you would want to take as much as like 45 milligrams as a zinc lozenge. Or, or maybe a little bit more if you really felt like your immune system needed some help. Next supplement is vitamin C. And this is another very affordable vitamin that belongs in your biohacker cabinet. And from the research of Linus Pauling, one of the original biohackers. In comparison with a placebo, vitamin C is effective in decreasing the incidence and integrated morbidity of the common cold for subjects exposed to cold viruses in the ordinary way and without colds when the cold period began. 
And actually, that's probably an inappropriate accent for Linus Pauling. I, I'm pretty sure he was an American guy. So uh, vitamin C is an especially good idea to supplement if you do high intensity or endurance exercises frequently and usage of dosage, the recommended daily dose is 100 to 200 milligrams, but it's fine to mega dose to avoid illness, taking as much as 200 milligrams, doing a bunch. And the next vitamin that's a really good idea, this is one of those things that really probably all of us should be taking, is vitamin D. During the cold winter months, it's especially important to supplement vitamin D, especially D3. Over 100 clinical trials have been done in the past 10 years researching the connection between this crucial vitamin and the immune system. However, however, for it to really effectively biohack your immune system and keep you healthy, it requires an essential cofactor, which is sunlight. And there was a Dr. Stephanie Senoff, a senior research scientist at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and she explained that when UVB light hits your skin, it converts vitamin D into its activated sulfated form. Thus, it's not enough to just pop a vitamin D3 supplement. Well, it certainly helps, but you have to activate the vitamin and that requires exposure to sunlight or a high quality UVB lamp. And that was actually from the book Headstrong. So if you can bundle up during those cold winter days and get outside and get 10 to 15 minutes of sunlight during, you know, during those short during those short days when the when the sun comes out for just a few minutes, it will make that vitamin D3 all the more effective. If you can't, or if you live in one of these places where you really just don't see the sun a whole lot for long periods of the year, you might want to consider a tanning salon membership or investing in a ultraviolet B light, which I have some links to some credible sources of those. Talking about usage and dosage of vitamin D3, the recommended daily is 5,000 IU. And if you're vitamin D deficient, which you likely are if you spend the majority of your time indoors and are maybe a little tired and depressed during the wintertime, then you'll want to take as much as 8,000 IU. And typically, the vitamin D will come in kind of like these uh, liquid gel type capsules that will be like 1000 IU or 2000 IU. So it's pretty, this isn't one of these things that you need to measure out with your digital scale and it's uh, extremely affordable too. And then to make your vitamin D3 even more potent, you'll want to supplement it with vitamin K2 and vitamin A. So maybe a good idea to just pick up those three next time you hit the uh, the vitamin shop or amazon.com via the links below this podcast. Next supplement that I want to mention is rhodiola. And this is probably my favorite adaptogenic herb because of the noticeable dual effects that it has of alleviating stress and energizing you. 
Again, anything that improves your stress management has a downstream effect of improving your immune system. Rhodiola will also put some pep in your step about 15 to 30 minutes after you consume it. It's a wakefulness agent. Some researchers regard it as a herbal alternative to the drug modafinil even. And I'm not sure about that, but for me, I find that it's kind of like an alternative to coffee. When I do a, a coffee fast, when I, when I go off of coffee for like a week, I will up my rhodiola dosage and it has actually kind of a similar effect and assuages those caffeine withdrawals that you're probably familiar with if you've ever made the uh, reckless, reckless decision of going off of the sweet, sweet, dark nectar of productivity. Okay, from a book that exhaustively details the fascinating medicinal history and numerous usage case studies of rhodiola. Long before research established that rhodiola enhances immune defense mechanism within cells, people in the mountainous villages of eastern Russia and Siberia, as well as in Central Asia and Scandinavia, relied on this herb to help fight infections. During the harsh Siberian winters, villagers brewed rhodiola rosea tea to treat colds and flu, while Mongolian doctors prescribed it for tuberculosis and cancer. In Norway, doctors routinely use the herb as a treatment for scurvy, tongue disease, and intestinal worms. In animals, as animal studies show, rhodiola rosea can stimulate the natural killer cells that protect against infections. So its strength as an immune supplement is fighting infections. In 1998, Andrei Yarmeko, then an enterprise and graduate student at the St. Pavlov, uh, St. Petersburg State Medical University in Russia, presented the complex treatment of severe infectious diseases, his PhD assertion in medicine. Through his research, he had determined that rhodiola rosea could destroy pathogenic bacteria and cell cultures as effectively as antibiotic oxycillin. What about side effects? That's something people seem to ask about rhodiola frequently. And the good news is, as far as risk profile, the adaptogens mentioned here fall into the category of extremely safe. They have virtually none of the scary or undesirable side effects so commonly reported about pharmaceutical drugs that have the same purported benefits. I'll say that again because it's actually quite, uh, it's something you should take away. The adaptogens have virtually none of the scary or, or undesirable side effects that you hear reported really commonly about pharmaceutical drugs that are purported and marketed to have the exact same benefits. And adaptogens are nutraceuticals that come from nature and they have been used in medicinal traditions for thousands of years. So they are unpatented, which is why they are relatively cheap and it's why you don't see them marketed uh, every time that you turn on your television to uh, some terrible uh, mainstream news program. Okay, quality, however, is actually a major concern with adaptogens. Since anyone can grow them, there's a real spectrum of quality. 
What you don't want to do is just buy the cheapest brand of herbs available from your local vitamin store. They are invariably very low quality industrial farmed in China and have unacceptably high levels of toxic metals. I've used a lot of adaptogens from different suppliers and unlike some of the other vitamins and nutrients mentioned here, there really is a big difference between the cheap stuff that maybe I grab off of a store shelf and organic herbs from reputable vendors which are verified as pure with a certificate of analysis or a spectroscopy report. So in this situation, you really are going to want to check out the sources that I have uh, recommended in the article talking about usage and dosage of rhodiola. A daily dose to optimize your stress management and maintain immune function is two to 400 milligrams daily, which is not, not much. And then to fight infection, you would want to double that, but doing much more would maybe be overstimulating. The next immune supplement is resveratrol. This antioxidant is fundamental to our underlying mitochondrial energy production process that powers our immune system. From an American 2007 study that indicated it's uh, helpful in combination with grape seed extract. Recent data showing that glucan elicited defense responses in grapevine and induced protection via induction of resveratrol production led us to evaluate the possible synergetic effects of glucan and resveratrol complex on immune reactions. And the study concluded, our data suggest significant synergy in stimulation of immunoreactions and support further studies of these natural immunomodulators. And sorry, I didn't do my funny British transatlantic accent because it was an American study. It wouldn't have been appropriate. So resveratrol has grown to be thought of as synonymous with red wine, but actually you would need to drink about 40 glasses of red wine to get what is a common dosage of resveratrol, which is a bit, a bit, a bit insane. You'd uh, even, even the most alcoholic uh, wino probably doesn't have 40 glasses a day of red wine. So I'll pass on that and recommend the, recommend the supplemental form instead. Uh, taking it supplementally, you'll want to take between 150 to 300 milligrams daily, and that comes out to usually about one or two capsules and you don't have to you don't have to spread them out throughout the day like you might with other supplements you can just take them in the morning and you're fine red reishi and this is another adaptogen that works on your autonomic nervous system and benefits immunity from a chinese double blind placebo controlled 2004 study done at hong kong polytechnic university lingji is a woody mushroom highly regarded in traditional medicine and is widely consumed in the belief that it promotes health and longevity, lowers the risk of cancer and heart disease, and boosts the immune system. That was my Hong Kong, Hong Kong Chinese accent. Probably, probably terrible. I'm sorry to subject you to this 
dear listener. It's <laughs> it's it's particularly potent in combating viral infections like uh, bronchitis, sinitis, neurovirus, ear infections, flu, and common cold. If you're going to use reishi, you really don't want to go for the cheap stuff. It's a mushroom, so it has a tendency to accumulate toxic metals. Only use reishi that is verified by a third-party certificate of analysis, spectroscopy, or mineralogy report. Same, same goes for any mushroom that you're going to be consuming. I was recently looking, I watched this really fascinating, it was like three hour plus interview between Joe Rogan and Paul Staminets, who was, who's like the uh, mushroom guru. He's the mushroom expert. And he was talking about how, because mushrooms just have this, because mushrooms typically grow low down to the ground and they have this propensity to attract toxins if you're getting your, even if you're just buying your mushrooms uh, at the grocery store, there is a significantly increased toxicity risk with them just because of that, uh, just because of their uh, propensity to attract heavy metals. So yeah, with Rishi, you'll really get, you're really going to want to check out the sources that I have below if if you don't want to use it. And then usage and dosage, you're going to use anywhere from. 1.5 grams to 5 grams daily. The next uh, immune hack is another mushroom, which is cordyceps, and a 2015 placebo-controlled human study of 79 healthy Korean men evaluated its effectiveness as an immune hack. Cordyceps militaris is a mushroom traditionally used for diverse pharmaceutical purposes in East Asia, including China, and has been found to be effective for enhancing immunity through various types of animal testing. Therefore, cordyceps is safe and effective for enhancing cell-mediated immunity of healthy male adults. A 2009 Chinese study evaluated its helpfulness in counteracting the immune retardation caused by organ transplants for 67 people. Cordyceps senescus mycelia could effectively protect liver and kidney, stimulate hemiopoietic function, improve hypoproteinemia, as well as reduce the incidence of infection. Therefore, it is a useful drug for immunoregulation. On usage and dosage, you'll take about 1,000 milligrams of cordyceps daily if you're concerned with getting ill. There's a lot of other uh, uses for it. I would probably not categorize it as like a really essential supplement for uh, immunoprevention, though. That would be the things I talked about closer to the top of this list. I want to mention also CoQ10. And this anti-aging nootropic is important to healthy immune function. From a 2011 Indian paper, I'm not even going to try to do an Indian accent, CoQ10 plays a significant role in boosting the immune system and physical performance as tissues and cells involved with immune function are highly energy dependent and therefore require an adequate supply of CoQ10 for optimal function. And a Emil G. Bijnakov, I think that's a Italian, 
I think that's an Italian doctor, studied CoQ10 and reported that CoQ10 plays a crucial role in aging is beyond doubt. The same applies to CoQ10's role in the immune system. And there is a vital connection between the immune system and aging that cannot be ignored. Usage and dosage, 150 to 300 milligrams daily for maintenance of health and vitality. And I want to also mention the supplement Immune 26. This hyperimmune egg supplement seriously empowers your immune health even, even years after you've stopped taking it, in my experience. And it has a fascinating mechanism of borrowing the immune strengths from avian species, those are birds, that have much better immune systems than humans, actually, from a 2015 American study. Passive immunization with pathogen-specific egg yolk antibodies is emerging as a potential alternative to antibiotics for the treatment and prevention of various human diseases. The use of IgY, that's the hyperimmune egg, offers several advantages in that it is environmentally friendly and non-toxic. Usage and dosage, you'll take three to five grams of the hyperimmune egg in a drink or smoothie. It really doesn't taste bad. It tastes like, like eggs mostly. And it has more of a preventative immune effect than a curative one. And you're definitely going to want to check out my video review that I did on this uh, product because it really was a effective immune hacking. It was something that I used about 12 years ago and I think it's still doing me some good. Next supplement I want to talk about is N-acetylcysteine. This inexpensive supplement powerfully modulates the complicated glutathione mechanism of our neurobiology to optimize our immune system. It replenishes glutathione, breaks down mucus, and protects against bacteria. A Spanish study of 36 women evidenced that 600 milligrams daily for several months of NAC, which is its acronym that a lot of people refer to it as, N-acetylcysteine, they found that it was very helpful to the immune systems of middle-aged women. It's probably a more effective immune hack for older adults than it is for otherwise healthy young people. Usage and dosage, 600 milligrams is the dose used in the studies that demonstrated immune benefit. In the human studies, the benefit to immunity was noted after several months. So this one is a uh, medium-term biohack. And I will mention NAD+. NAD plus tunes your immune system like a master tuner tuning a grand piano. It will also modulate down the immune system, which mitigates various autoimmune disorders. From a paper published by Harvard Medical School, Harvard, researchers found that NAD+, a natural molecule found in living cells, plants, and food, protects against autoimmune diseases by altering the immune response and turning destructive cells into protective cells. This molecule is known to reverse disease progression by restoring damaged tissue caused by 
the autoimmunity process. This is a universal molecule that can potentially treat not only autoimmune diseases, but also acute or chronic conditions such as allergy, chronic obstructive pulmonary diseases, sepsis, and immunodeficiency, said Stefan Tullius, HMS Perfector of Surgery. HMS, if I'm not mistaken, that stands for Her Majesty's Ship. So perhaps this guy is a, a seaman. <laughs> From a 2011 German review. NAD plus is a modulative immune function. Laterally, laterally, laterally. That's one of those words that you would, you would only find in, a, in the abstract of a study written by written by Germans, very quite obscure vocabulary there from our German friends. Laterally, nicotinamide at NAD plus has emerged as a molecule with versatile functions and of enormous impact on the maintenance of cell integrity. Taken together, an efficient supply of NAD plus seems to be a crucial need for a multitude of cell functions. Underlining the yet only partly revealed potency of a small molecule to influence cell fate. Very, very poetic those Germans can be every once in a while in their, in their studies. Talking about usage and dosage, NAD plus is a increasingly renowned anti-aging supplement but it's a medium-term biohack. So it's a good idea for long-term immune health, but it likely won't make much of a difference if you're having a, a cold or if you're sick now and you're trying, to, you're trying to kick it. Next, let's talk about melatonin. Melatonin's main utility to biohackers is as a sleep aid. It supplements an important hormone that puts you to sleep. And sleep is, of course, crucial to immune function. A night of bad sleep or insufficient sleep puts you at increased risk of getting sick, especially during the cold winter months. If you're stressed over the hectic holidays or perhaps you just drank too many coffees, it really costs you in quality of sleep. If you use melatonin sparingly, you will sleep like a baby and awake feeling refreshed. To quote an authoritative 2013 paper on melatonin and the immune system, while some authors argue that melatonin is an immunostimulant, many studies have also described anti-inflammatory properties. The data revealed in this paper supports the idea of melatonin as an immune buffer, acting as a stimulant under basal or immunosuppressive conditions, as, or as an anti-inflammatory compound in the presence of exacerbated immune responses, such as a acute inflammation. And this is interesting. It's saying that melatonin helps the immune system when it needs it and that it turns down the immune system when it is overactive as an anti-inflammatory agent. Usage and dosage. You're going to take between 5 to 20 milligrams before bed not more than twice a week. More frequently and you'll build up a tolerance to melatonin and will have trouble getting to sleep without it.
so those are the immune supplements that should be on your radar that you'll want to consider. There's also some immune life hacks. First of all is sunlight. One of the main reasons we suffer from seasonal affective disorder is the lack of natural light from the sun. Ideally, you would want to spend about 15 minutes every day sunbathing in your swimsuit or your birthday suit. But during the winter time, you'll be lucky to get just a few moments of sunlight on your face as you hurry in from the cold, right? Maybe you can do like some uh, winter sports nearly naked like this uh, guy that did this. There was a German biohacker who did this funny video of him uh, skiing in the Alps nearly naked, but you're, you're probably not going to be doing that. So it may be a good idea for you to invest in a UVB, uh, ultraviolet B light that shines on you wherever you work or spend a lot of time. So I, I'm actually, I don't have one of these. I'm trying to find one of these. And I think what I'll do is I'll set it up like over my little home office space so that it just kind of shines on me throughout the day. And that will give me all of that UVB light that I need and make the vitamin D that I take all the more effective. Next immune life hack is probiotic foods. And giving your gut biome the healthy bacteria it needs is key to your immune system functioning and your body being able to fully utilize and absorb the nutrients in the supplements mentioned above. So, you know, you're considering uh, you know, sh uh, shelling out a chunk of change and spending some money on these immune supplements that I'm talking about and you really want them to work, right? Because you're, you're spending some money on them and you really don't want to get sick. And if your, if your gut lining is not quite functioning optimally, the absorption of these nutrients goes way, way down. And this is why probiotic foods are really essential. So daily, you want to try to consume some of the following probiotics, like uh, probiotic organic yogurt, Korean kimchi, German sauerkraut, and you can also drink some tasty probiotic beverages like Turkish kefir, Russian kvass, or kombucha. I want to next mention while we're talking about food, garlic is a well-known immune-promoting food, although it works better stimulating your immune system if used episodically as opposed to chronically. Contrary to Mediterranean folk wisdom, if you've got perhaps a uh, Italian grandmother, uh, contrary to the folk wisdom, consuming garlic daily can be kind of problematic. It can overstimulate the immune system, which causes inflammation and other undesirable symptoms. As little as 25 grams of garlic is toxic, and presumably even less if you're consuming non-organic garlic. Uh, garlic allergies are pretty common, and you, you will also stink of garlic if you eat it. Uh, despite the best dental hygiene, uh, garlic will, it comes out of your pores. You're really, gonna, you're really gonna smell like it. And contrary to what every child jokes about, on Halloween, a very humorous Norwegian study indicated that garlic may actually attract Vampires. That's right. There was a Norwegian study where 
they were like, okay, we don't have any access to any actual real life vampires. So what we're gonna do is use uh, leeches. And so they uh, spread some uh, garlic oil on the skin of various volunteers and then they tested to see if the leeches would uh would you know go onto their skin and start sucking their blood and they found that the leeches were actually a bit more attracted to the garlic than the uh non-garlic norwegians in the study so that's your that's your funny fact of the week to share at the uh next cocktail party that you find yourself at so that you seem Really, really smart. Nevertheless, in regards to garlic, uh, I do increase my garlic consumption a bit in those winter months, and I'll add it to my meals just a couple of times a week. And I'll add that when I was a gringo living in Central America, I would occasionally feel like I was just about to get sick after doing something like uh drinking some bad water, eating a suspicious empanada, drinking too much crappy beer, or making out with a young single mother in a reggaeton disco. I would feel like I was about to get sick. And this was kind of my, my protocol. It's not, not, not very sophisticated, but it worked, was I would eat a bunch of garlic fo immediately followed by 30 to 40 minutes of rigorous exercise. And this always seemed to avert the impending hours of suffering spent in bed, you know, uh, rubbing my stomach in the bathroom, and, you know, just generally lamenting my life's decisions, as, as many gringos do when they inevitably get sick somewhere in Central America. And actually, this, this works so well that I only got seriously ill once for a grand total of about 12 hours in the three years that I spent living in Latin America. Not bad, right? I can't, I can't complain. No puedo quejar. Okay, next immune, uh, immune life hack. This one's, this one's really good. You're gonna wanna listen up to this one. Is fasting. So every year, new studies come out showing that fasting is a better and better lifestyle practice. And there was a guy, Walter Longo, and he is professor of gerontology and the biological sciences at the University of California. And he has studied this extensively. And his research is indicating that fasting is one of the best things you can do for your immune system. To quote some of Dr. Longo's remarks that appeared in the UK's Telegraph. Describing trials he conducted with people fasting for between two to four days. When you starve, the system tries to save energy, and one of the things it can do to save energy is to recycle a lot of the immune cells that are not needed, especially those that may be damaged. It gives the okay for stem cells to go ahead and begin proliferating and rebuild the entire system. To repeat what he says there, <laughs> hopefully you're understanding my funny accent, to repeat it rebuilds the entire immune system. And that's a remarkable claim, isn't it? This is because fasting causes autophagy, which is when your body kills off old and unhealthy cells. 
Particularly, this rejuvenates the immune system. Around the holidays, you probably drastically, if we're being honestly, if we're being honest, around the holidays, you probably drastically, if we're being honest, increase your caloric intake and cheat egregiously, if we're being honest, on your healthy diet. So what better time to make biological atonement by fasting? Here's how to fast. You're going to want to start the fast in the middle of the day. So you're going to want to eat a big lunch of healthy fats and then just don't eat anything solid for 24 to 72 hours. Because uh, like I said in his research here, they found that the benefit was uh, in between two to four days and I think they said that uh, three days was the sweet spot. And during that time, you're going to want to drink a lot of water or tea. You'll get a bit uncomfortable and hungry, but it's really not that bad. And if you can only go 20 to 24 hours the first time, that's that's fine, that's okay. And that's still really beneficial to your health. During the fast, you're going to want to occupy yourself with some tasks that are distracting but not too physically excruciating. And then I got to tell you, the meal that you will have breaking the fast will be absolutely amazing. It will taste like the best meal at the fanciest restaurant that you've ever visited in your life. You really will feel like a Greek god consuming ambrosia on Elysium, as I like to say. So this year, I plan to do a 24-hour fast prior to Christmas Eve dinner, and then I'll do like a two to three-day fast during those relatively unproductive lackadaisical days between Christmas and the New Year's Eve revelry. I'll encourage you to do the same. And then I want to talk about ejaculation control for men. <laughs> yes, this is a biohack. And this is a immunity biohack that comes from the original biohackers who were Taoists. And from a book that is a must read for men, which is the Tao of Health, Sex and Longevity. Peng Zhe points out one ejaculation is 100 times more harmful than one in spring. Men who sharply reduce their emission frequency during winter without reducing intercourse suffer far less from colds, influenza, chills, and winter blues, and other symptoms related to cold weather. So it's not saying that you need to stop having sex during wintertime, but it's saying that you should uh, reduce your number of ejaculations during wintertime. And the multi-orgasmic man by Mantak Chaya concurred. Taoists living close to nature also believe that just as plants and animals conserve their energy in winter, so should people. This may sound like a pseudo-spiritual biohack, but this ancient knowledge makes a lot of sense if you have a cursory knowledge of male reproductive 
biology. Producing semen is biologically costly. It contains a lot of zinc and valuable nutrients, and that's energy and resources that could be spent keeping you healthy during the winter months. If you think about it, if you're a guy, if you think about it, the times in the past when you've gotten ill have often been preceded by times when you were ejaculating a lot. No surprise, when we are young, we have the capacity to produce a lot more semen and we can ejaculate almost daily without it making much of a difference to our health and energy levels. But as we advance through our fourth, our third, fourth, and fifth decades, this uh, really changes. If And I'm not suggesting here, I'm not saying that you should completely abstain from ejaculating during the winter time. What I'm saying is just try going like two weeks and then see how you feel. I'll conclude by talking about what I call time times suffering, time x suffering. As a life hacker, I'm always thinking about the value of my time and the opportunity cost of whatever I'm doing. So allowing myself to get sick is a pretty egregious sin that, considering that it costs between like dozens of hours to many days of lost productivity. And this cost is multiplied by the suffering and stress involved. And so from my perspective, getting sick is like taking an unplanned vacation that you're not getting you know, paid overtime or an unplanned, unpaid vacation and then hating every single minute of it. No, thank you. Again, I'll encourage you to check out the article version of this podcast where I'm going to be keeping everything up to date. It's going to be linked below this. And again, I'm Jonathan, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you. Legal notices. If you or someone you know developed or created a concept, piece of content, or idea shared on this show, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com so we can mention them in the show notes or provide a backlink. We want to give credit where credit is due. As a listener to the Limitless Mindset podcast, we hope you have and practice common sense. However, since some of the content covered in this show deals with subjects of a health, legal, or business nature, this show is for entertainment purposes. If you need recommendations of doctors, nutritionists, or attorneys to consult before making decisions that may have health or legal repercussions, please email us at info at limitlessmindset.com.